Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cabin. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. Am I right? Am I right? There isn't a household out there that hasn't had a goldfish at some stage or other. Nope. What? what? I never had a goldfish. Ever. Really? really? Grown up. Nope. Never. I always, you're a bit different. I've always said this on the air. In fact, I'm starting to see a quite different, actually. Strange. Anyway, I I really mean this. Most houses where there was children at one stage or another had goldfish. People won them. You know what sports days are fair days. You could win a goldfish if you knocked something over. That was that was a shy or something. Yeah. 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 um, You know, when when pet shops proliferated, fish were a big part and are a big part of, of what they sell. And my good friend Jerry Hilly was telling me on Wednesday club night, don't forget Jerry, he says, when you made your communion, you know, you had the few bob and you bought the goldfish. Well, there you are. We all thought Jerry Healy still had his communion money. <laughs> and there was a revelation to us. He spent it on a goldfish. Oh, my God almighty. We had a bit of a flutter in the hearts when we heard that one. But Jerry himself, he keeps goldfish put in a pond outdoors. And I've grow- never heard of that before. Oh, Louise, listen. You know the little fish in the bowl? Mm. Those fish can... Do you know that they can grow? Oh, they can really... They really. Grow. It depends, you know, on the room and the space you give them. Right. In the bowl, sure, they're going to get no bigger, the poor things. Oh, and yeah. oh, be stuck in a goldfish bowl. But did you know, they can live to 20 years of age. Do you know that? I, I found it difficult. Are we in a lifetime? So I kept, any, any time I kept, you know, <laughs> talking to people with goldfish, they'd be always dying. That's the problem. Most people who kept goldfish, you couldn't keep After them alive. Yeah, they'd die in the bowl. Keeping them a long while so was a, a big difficulty. Well, we're going to find out in a minute. But let me tell you this. The world record for longevity of a goldfish in the Guinness Book of Records says a goldfish was born her name was Tish I think it's her or him I'm not sure it was born as <laughs> you know today uh, she was born or it or him in 1956 and died 43 years later Louise wow in 1999 and she had a sibling, Tosh. Oh, yes, it was a she. The women live longer anyway. <laughs> Tosh, Tosh, Tish Tosh. Tosh was only Brilliant. 19 when, when he passed away. So so Tish made it that, that, that long. But, you know, for most people, it is hard to keep them. I wonder, are there many people keeping goldfish in a bowl? I wouldn't think so today. You know, the goldfish bowl. The tiny ones. Oh, now. God, I wouldn't think there's many people keeping them there. People certainly in tanks or aquariums or like Jerry, people keep them outdoors in ponds and that as well. Have you a goldfish? Had you a goldfish? How long did they live? How short did they live? Have you a story about them? What happened want, to them? Yeah, what happened to them is right. We want to hear from you on late lunch today. 086-1800-658. That's 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me your messages 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Jerry, do you know what a group of goldfish are called? No. A troubling. A what? A troubling. A troubling, a of, troubling goldfish. of goldfish. Yeah, there you go. I never heard that. I, I never did either. I've learned something today. Thank you very much. Yeah. Every day you learn something is a good day. <laughs> have you anything else about goldfish? Any other? They have no stomachs. And how do they, or what do they do with they what have, they have? Uh, they have a long intestine which digests the food. So it just goes straight through. 
it goes straight through. Yeah, that's why you have to kind of clean out the water. Keep them clean. That's a big thing about keeping yeah. them alive. They for make sure. squealing and grunting noises. Go out when that. they're eating. What? Yeah. Do they? There you go. You thought it was. <laughs> you know more, and, and you never had a fish. I'll never tell you. I think you're fish. pulling I just, me leg. I just don't get. You know, as a pet. Yeah, what 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 is it about them? Well, yeah. listen, we're going to find out now because Sonia Ledwich is on the line. Hello, Sonia. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Well, you listen to the two of us blathering on here about the goldfish. Tell them about your pair. Oh, marigold and marmalade. They're 18. <sighs> they're well, well-minded. 18? Did you say 18? Yeah, 18, yeah. Good God, you're near the threshold there. I said that they can live up to 20 and more. Um, when So you got them, where did you get them? Where did you get them originally? I can't actually remember. I got them for my 21st, so that'll tell you how old I am. Oh God, you're giving away your age. The fish have just revealed your age to us today, Sonia. Don't worry about that anyway. So look, you got them anyway for your 21st. The names, Marigold and Marmalade, I love them. Where did they come from? Oh, well... They're both orange, so... I <laughs> <laughs> see! Um, <laughs> Kelly, will you wake up today? You're half asleep. Why didn't I just cop that myself? You say they're the best pets ever. Uh, they are. Why? Just because there's no minding on them or, you know, mm. keep you company when you're sitting in a room. and They're there? They're there, yeah. And, and you know, you say there's no minding on them, but, look, you can't deny that most goldfish sadly perish in a very short time when people take them home. Uh, they're too well fed. Is that it? Yeah, I only feed mine I'd say about two times a week, maybe three. Now isn't that interesting because I was reading up on this and it said that they can actually go a fortnight without food. Good God, yeah. the poor creatures. You wouldn't do that to them. But you think less is better? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and tell me this, Sonia, what do you feed them on? Uh, just the super pellets. Right, they're tiny little food, are they? Yeah. Small. Yeah. And and have you a tank or an aquarium or a bowl or what do you keep them in? Well, they started in a bowl and they were tiny. Yeah. And they're on their third tank. So they've had a, a bowl, or they're on their fourth tank, a bowl, a 20-litre tank, a 40-litre tank. And they recently just got an 80-litre tank. <laughs> <laughs> and they're about... <laughs> I'd say they're five inches long now at this stage. So my theory is correct. When you put them into the bigger environment, the larger amount of water, they grow. Yeah, and if you keep them in warm water. Oh. So I have a, a heater in with them. Even though they don't need it, they like cold water, but they do grow better in warm water. And do you have the decorative stones or any plants or anything like that in it? Oh, I do. I have one, uh, I have coloury stones and I have one lad who could work for Keegan's. He moves them that much. <laughs> <laughs> the quarrying people. <laughs> yeah, uh, you flatten them out and he'll have them in a pile in two days. So Yes, yes. Um, and so he could quarry, he's that good oh, with the could. stones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So you find them great company, uh, a comfort to you. Um, and I take it after 18 years. Do they know? Are they aware? Do you think, you know, they're in an environment, in a world underwater. We exist in a different world. Do you think they have an awareness of you? Oh, I think they do. Because when you come home there in the evening, they're one side of the tank and then they'll come over to the other side. And when you feed them, you can hand feed them if you get them used to it. Yes. And, you know, but they're a great company just to have them there. Mm. And Louise was mentioning about uh, making the noises. Did you ever hear your guys making noises, no? No, well, they do gulp a lot now and blow bubbles. And I have one who, I have to have a lid on the tank because one of them likes to jump. Oh, really? Oh, so, my. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to find him on the floor and you oh, come home. Oh, he's been found on the floor. Oh, has he? Has <laughs> he? Has. he? <gasps> And you were there, thank God you were, to return them to the water. Oh, my, oh, my. I I take it at this stage, you know, if you have something with you 18 years, it'd be a real heartbreak if anything happened them. Well, that's it. If it was a child, it'd be rare. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd have all the children's allowance collected on everything at this stage. Yeah, Yeah, you would would indeed. So, for, for people listening today who... Haven't had a fish or had trouble keeping them. Or that you, you'd highly recommend them as pets. Oh yeah, yeah. Marmalade and marigold. Are they boys? Is it boy and girl or two girls or two oh, boys? Could 
tell you. You haven't a clue. No, I haven't a clue. <laughs> you had no little ones anyway, so we. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we take it they might be the same boy boys or girls. And do you know, you know, I mentioned that I, in my opinion, most houses would have kept a fish at one time or other over their lives. Do you know other people who keep them? Uh, yeah, a few of my friends have fish, yeah, but yes. they're not as successful as mine. Oh, Sonia, you know how... To... Listen, that does re- you are a mine of information. You're a woman that people should be talking to more about how to keep them. So the big secret, how, how often do you change the water as well? Uh, I change a quarter of the tank once a month. That's it? Yeah. And that keeps it sufficiently aerated and clean and everything like that? Yeah, I have a good filter on it. That's, uh, it's a rainwater filter, so it's drops the water back into the tank in streams of yeah you know to keep it aerated and everything but mm. they seem happy enough there you go and how many litres in that uh, fourth tank now how many have you 80 yes I can see uh, the way they're going you'll be need another bigger one uh, <laughs> with these guys <laughs> That's great. It's Maybe a great a pond next. Maybe a pond next is right. Yeah, That's some true. people often do that. Migrate them into the ponds, and they do. People wouldn't believe that, but they do find in Irish ponds. They they go deep. I know that in the colder weather, and even if it froze over, they're fine. But they get under it, and they get used to it as well. Anyway, happy birthday to Marigold and Marmalade. Eighteen years young, two goldfish in the Royal County. You're in me, there, you Sonia. Yeah, I'm in me. They am indeed. Good woman. It's the me there and water and everything as well is doing the doing the job That's for it. you. <laughs> Anyway, many happy years with your pair. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me. Lovely to talk to you on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't she great? Anyone beat that? I wouldn't say, would you think, Louise, is there anybody out there that you think could uh, outdo uh, our Sonia and our 18-year-old goldfish? It'd be a tough one to beat that, wouldn't it? Would you? Oh, that's... 18. What did you say the the world record was? The world record, just let me go back then, is 43. 43. 43 years old, 65 to 99. Tish was the name of the fish. It's in the Guinness Book of Records. Although we did just get a um, a WhatsApp there, yeah. Jerry. It yeah. says, uh, Hi, Jerry. My boyfriend's grandparents have an outdoor pond, yeah. like you mentioned, yeah, yeah. and have had goldfish in it. Recently, one died and was 30 years old. He was ah. huge. My. She said, I thought he was a koi fish, though. They're different, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, slightly a koi carp. But Back to Jerry Healy, my friend, his fish. His fish in the pond, there's little ones, they breed. His oh. goldfish are breeding in his pond. You know what I mean? There there are more, they're multiplying out there. And what's his di- oldest fish? I don't know. I forgot to ask him that. I must ask him <laughs> next Wednesday. He might message me in if he's listening. Or, or he's usually busy. He won't be able to. He's listening all right, I'm sure, on the gang. The Healy's are all listening as they paint away. Um, I, uh, I I tell you, this is fascinating because we've got loads of messages, haven't we, Louise, yeah. since we, we introduced this. And we've got loads and loads of messages. For example... I think I'm the only one uh, that never had a <laughs> Yes, yes, you are unique. She doesn't eat brack and she never had a goldfish. <laughs> we'll continue the list. Eva Nick and Ree, Nick and Ree was on to us. She said, I had to mine my neighbour's fish. Uh, they had him for years. On day three of the holidays, I went in to feed the fish and of course, he decided to die on me. Oh, Aoife. I ran back into my house, emptied out my flora tub, washed it and put the fish into it like a coffin. They couldn't, we couldn't decide what to do with it. So we just put the fish in the tub in the fridge. When the neighbours came home with their children, they were devastated from the holiday to find their pet laid out in our fridge. <laughs> oh, 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 my God almighty. Omega-3 um, flora. Omega-3 flora is right. Uh, there's a few great... Well, I have to read this one. Um, where is it? Uh, it's a lovely one, so it is. It rhymes. Um, where are we? Uh, I had two goldfish, Beanie and Barney. Had them for three to four years. Heartbroken when they died. Had to make coffins out of big matchboxes and they got a lovely burial in the garden, says Helen Carraher. Samantha Moore took two home from work at the start of lockdown last year. Uh, one was floating. I ran up to phone the girls, get my phone to tell them before I do anything. And when I went back down, there he was swimming round. We've called him Lazarus since then. Mm. I love that one. What about the one that said there, oh yeah, Andy Gary had two goldfish, Jerry. I named one, I named them one and two because if one died go on Louise I love that one I'd still have two I'd still <laughs> have two is right good on you Andy Gary Orla Drumgool we have one for about nine years now incredible it almost talks back to us sometimes and it likes the noise of the house at night time 
So, you know, there is an awareness. I, I was saying that there uh, to Sonia. Are they aware of what's going on? What about your goldfish? Have you got one? Have you one that lived a long time, a short time? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you on late lunch this afternoon by WhatsApp or text 086 658 Get the messages into us and we'll read them as many as we can before the end of the show. We're not going away from the fish. You don't go anywhere either. Oh, I absolutely knew, Louise Walsh, that the majority of people would have goldfish. I had a goldfish, says Bernie and Trim, and the water used to freeze over in winter before we had heating in the house. I just left it there frozen. And when it thawed out, he was okay. And he lived for years. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you are not I alone. Have a kindred you spirit. You have one. Thanks, Colm and the Null. One kindred <laughs> spirit, Colm. Get a fish. Not that strange. Get a fish, Colm. Colm and the Null. <laughs> he didn't never have had a goldfish either. have a fish Yay. either in his time. <laughs> uh, Liam, Liam's been on to us. What, what has Liam to say oh, to us? Liam's a great story. Go Hi, on. Uh, I was changing the goldfish water and the fish went down the sink. As I was crying, my father took off the U-bend and it was still alive. Another time we went to Clotterhead on holiday. When we got back, the fish was floating, dead. My father, father put in a 20 major cigarette box and we buried it with a oh. weak cross. Mm. and a prayer you know that was the thing with pets people did bury them in their back gardens that was common listen to this one Carmel Kennedy tells us I had three Jerry over my childhood at one stage my grandmother who was staying with us she was doting a little Jerry she poured the boiling kettle of water into the fish bowl oh! <laughs> suddenly they thought they were in the Bahamas oh I'd say that cooked them for sure Carmel um, I used to visit my friend and our fish would go bucko mad round the bowl uh, <laughs> because when she went to clean them out so the fish knew you know the cleaning time, time was for, coming for and, and the fish went went absolutely mad look there are ways to you know we heard from Sonia uh, to keep them long long term uh, just a couple of recommendations keep them in a pond if you can if you have them in a uh, bowl get them into a tank and then move them on from the tank to the pond and they'll grow bigger and live longer keep them clean that's very important as well Feed them the correct diet and don't overfeed them. Don't overcrowd them. Hey, you had an issue with these uh, tank fish. I did. Um, my husband, when we started yes. going out, had a, an aquarium. Yes, so these were goldfish, different types of little yeah, fish that kept, Owen had. Yeah, they kept disappearing. And then we discovered that one of the fish was eating them. The out. others? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poor little fellas were going in and they were being eaten by the other fella. It's interesting. You don't, yet they can go a couple of weeks without food as well. But 43 years of age is the world record. Have you? Had you? Might you have a goldfish in the future? Let us know. we love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Coming up after two... She has the books chosen for you and her book of the month. Margaret Madden is with us in Book Club. But taking us to news and weather at two. I just love this song. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to dance around the studio. Come on, let's get going. It's S Club 7 and on late lunch we are... Hi Jerry. many years ago we had two goldfish called Mark and Mindy, Nanu Nanu. One died and we thought the surviving one was lonely, so a friend suggested to put a mirror behind the tank. He lived for years later. He absolutely loved his own reflection, says Maria Navin. And they're coming to us thick and fast. Keep your goldfish stories coming to us. 086 
1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, just before we're joined by Margaret Madden, let me tell you about our giveaway on the show today. Yes, whether you're enjoying a scary movie night in with friends or taking the children trick-or-treating this Halloween, Clinton's crisps are locally made. Yes, they are. They're award-winning crisps that are super crunchy with a distinctive flavour. They're vegan-friendly and allergen-free. To boot, we want to give one of you the opportunity to taste them for yourself. Yes, Clinton's Crisps have given us a three-month supply of crisps to give away today. Plus, if you enter the competition and yesterday's entries and tomorrow with Eddie, you'll all go into a hat and one person will win a €50 shopping voucher as well. Eddie will announce that tomorrow morning here on LMFM Radio. So for your chance to win today, three-month supply of Clinton Crisps. I wish I could win them. You've got to answer the riddle today. Here's the catch. You've got to answer the riddle for the crisps. So I have your attention. I know I have. Have a listen to the riddle on Friday. There are two brothers in a family. The older brother says, Two years ago, I was three times as old as my brother. And in three years' time, I'll be twice as old as him. How old is each brother today? I'll give it to you once more. Two brothers in a family. The older one says, listen carefully, the older one, two years ago, I was three times as old as my brother. And in three years time, I'll be twice as old as him. How old is each brother today? Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And you could be munching Clinton's crisps for the next three months. Good luck to you with that one. Anyway, it's time for one of our favourites on the show. Margaret Madden, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I am really good. Let's get straight to business. Name it, please. We can't wait. What is your book of the month? It is 56 Days by Catherine Ryan Howard. Oh, listen, you've picked a cracker here, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. You know, you wouldn't think that you'd want to read a book about lockdown mm. at the end of lockdown, would you? No. And most authors, I think, have avoided writing the, the whole pandemic into their narrative. But Catherine has embraced it and put a spin on it and it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and it is, you're right, it is one of the first to emerge, you know, uh, writing about the time we've experienced this almost two years at this stage. Now, this involves a supermarket queue in Dublin where two people, Kira and Oliver, meet each other. They do. So we have Kira, as you said, and Oliver, and they meet each other in the queue in the in the Tesco Express or one of those with the self service. And the attraction is kind of is, is there, and they decide to go on a date. And within two weeks, because of lockdown, they've decided rather than separate and not see each other, they decide to move in together. So they've literally only known each other two weeks, and Kira packs up her her bags and moves in with Oliver. This is in, This is just in 2020. Yes, yeah, so it's very recent. And the reason she does that, just to, I don't, don't mean to stop you there, but she's anxious, isn't she, to get away from the scrutiny of family and friends when it comes to a relationship? Well, she is. Um, she is. And as I said, the, the attraction is there, but there's, there's also some secrets involved in both mm. cases. Mm. And with, with the fear of lockdown and not being able to see anybody, because they're both living away from, from their family and friends, yes. um, they decide to spend uh, the, the two-week lockdown period together and, and see what happens. But the book then flicks forward very quickly at the beginning um, to, to today. Mm. And... Um, a body is found in the apartment where nobody knew these two were locking up together. Um, but now there's just a body, one body, and it's decomposing. It's been there for a while. And so you have Detective Inspector Lee Reardon and Detective Carl Connolly are on the case to see, first of all, who it is. And how does nobody know who was even in the apartment? So is it Kira or Oliver? Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to find out. Ah, uh, listen. I won't say anything. Yeah, no, don't say anything because that's probably the intrigue. You will find out, of course, when you read the book. But one yeah. of them is dead and decomposing, and you're only talking about 56 days, Margaret. Exactly, and I mean, 56 days packed into a book. You can you can imagine how um, compelling it is. It's a real page turner. And uh, you think you don't want to read about lockdown, but actually do, because there's a very humorous twist on it as well with the, the two guards. Um, mm. they, they have great banter, you know. 
This woman is brilliant, isn't she, Catherine oh, she's Ryan great. Howard? She really is. Yes, she, she picks as, as it says on the cover. Like Jane Casey says, she's like a, the queen of high concept thriller, and she really is. She she gets this one idea and builds the story around it, and mm. that one idea is always so clever. So so the the idea of two people being locked down together and they don't even know each other and nobody knows them. It was fantastic. A great way to situate each other. Mm, and uh, I, I always remember the Nothing Man. I read it myself. Brilliant. And here she is back with this one. And she's really on the money again. Well, when she gets the accolade from Margaret Madden to say it's her book of the month, you got to really uh, take notice. 56 <laughs> Days is the name of the book. Quite a simple title. 56 Days by Catherine Ryan Howard is Margaret Madden's book of the month and book club for this time of year. Get it. You won't regret uh, buying it and enjoying it. Now, we move on to your uh, pick uh, under fiction the headline fiction this month and you're going back to Emily Hurrigan and the Guinness Girls again yeah it's the sequel so it's the yeah. glorious Guinness Girls was the first one yes and this is Guinness Girls a hint of scandal so mm. it follows the the heiresses onwards they were in the 1930s in the uh, 1920s in the last book but now it's moving on to the 1930s uh, where they're married or engaged there's babies involved they, they've moved off to different locations. They're no longer in the the Bright Young Things group really anymore. That has kind of passed on because you've come into the Great Depression and um so it's it's really following their story and as you know it's based on fact. It, it is based on the, the Guinness mm. Girls. Um but Emily has just put in um a fictional kind of story around it. It's just just so clever and absolutely addictive. Now I'm not finished just yet, so yes. um, I can't. You know, I, I know it's awful. You know, and I I'm, know. But you wanted to, <laughs> and, and I'll tell listeners this. She says, "I do want to talk about this book today. I'm nearly there with the finish, but you're as good as as good as there at this stage." But I have to say, um, it is as you said. It's uh, based on fact. We woven with fiction as well. And I think we talked about this before when you talked about the glorious Guinness girls. To me, it really is a must for Denton Abbey fans isn't it this type of book yeah or the crown you know yeah. kinds of where it's kind of based on, on on these people who live lives that we can only dream of but were they really happy you know um the girls are living a very different life now they're married off and one of them is is maureen is, is stuck in a crumbling mansion in county down that's not at all what she she's used to the party lifestyle in london and dublin and you know aileen is in Luttrestown castle Una has a baby and she just wants to spend time with the baby whereas the, these upper class ladies are like no, no, no give it to the nanny you know what are you doing you're too attached to that child you're not supposed to be it's mm-hmm. just so strange it, you really think that these these women had everything but did they you know yes, yes what they didn't have actually Margaret and it comes across is they really lived in a bubble as we said before mm-hmm. and, and they didn't realise the chaos that was engulfing the world you know what I mean outside their privileged worlds Absolutely, they hadn't a clue. So there's a, you're kind of getting a glimpse into what they see of British and Irish politics and yeah. the fascism and the communism and mm. mostly over in the UK. So there's all links into that. But they did. They lived in a complete bubble. Yeah, they did. So it's the Guinness Girls, a hint of scandal. I can tell you they've left their hedonistic days behind them. Their mm. life has moved on in time. But it is intriguing. And she builds brilliantly, doesn't she, on the first book? She does. And I mean, you can read it as a standalone. Um, yeah. But I, w- I would re- definitely recommend reading the, the first one. OK. And getting a grip to the family and the dynamics and, and the extra characters that have been woven. Yes. Through. Yes. So there's a very good point. Get the glorious Guinness, girls. Finish it first and then come to uh, book number two, A Hint of Scandal, The Guinness Girls. Well done again to Emily Hurrigan, a brilliant writer as well, and a pick of Margaret's again this month. Now we move on uh, to your thriller, and by God, does Lisa Jewell know how to write a thriller? I don't have to remind you of this. No, I think she's great. Mm. She's, she's, again, one of these page-turning authors that you just... She never fails, really. This one I listen to on audio, as you know, is my want once a month. Um, and it is set in the, um, the Surrey Hills in uh, kind of present time. A 19-year-old Tallulah um, has a baby and she lives at home with her mum and her boyfriend, Zach, has moved in as well. And they have a very strange relationship, but they're trying to make it work. And they decide to go out one night. And so basically Tallulah says goodbye to her mum, sends her a text at about, I think, midnight saying, look, we're going back to a party, so we'll be a bit later home. 
Um, and by half four, the mum realises there's no sign of her, which is really un- unusual for Tallulah, especially because she adores her baby and she'd always be back to give it its night feed. Um, and it turns out they've just disappeared off the face of the earth, herself and Zach. Gone Ooh. completely. Ooh. Not a trace of them in the world. And this Nothing. is 2017, as you said, recent times. Now, the clock mm. rolls on a couple of years to 2019 and there's a development. Well, there is because um, the, the pool party that they, the, the couple had gone to is located very near in the grounds to this very posh boarding school. And a headmaster, a new headmaster is brought in and he brings his girlfriend, Sophie. Uh, it, it, this sounds very convoluted, but it blends really well in the book. And Sophie finds a sign in the grounds of the boarding school and it says, dig here. And when she digs up, she finds something that is kind of related to the disappearance of Tallulah and Zach. And therefore, the police take it seriously that they are missing, that they didn't just run off together. Mm. And basically, the case opens. Yeah, because you would think, you know, the young and uh, the mum is looking after the wee baby. Perhaps it's a time just to go and uh, set out on our own. But look, it does take a major twist. Dig here. Imagine finding that, you know, the note. Dig here on a tree and it opens up the case. Oh, it's marvellous. This woman, I'll tell you one thing, she has the magic formula for thriller writing, hasn't she? Yeah, she does. And I mean, it's not, it's not a very fast-paced book by mm. any means, but it's very intriguing and you really want to know what happened to this couple. And there's a girl in it called Scarlett who was, who, who was living in that house where, where they kind of disappeared yeah. from. And she's, oh, she's some woman for one woman now. She's a real weapon. So you'd really get into the story. It's terrific. The Night She Disappeared by Lisa Jewell. Another pick by Margaret Madden and she rounds off today with our classic. And you're going back to an old favourite, Jane Austen. Yeah, I know. I was kind of thinking something Halloween-y, you mm. know. And um, out of all her books, uh, Northanger Abbey has a kind of a gothic feel. It's kind of based in that period of time when people started to read gothic literature and you know, you'd Frankenstein arrived and Dracula and all that. So so there is this kind of atmosphere, especially in the Abbey itself. So it's a book that's often overlooked by her in favour of Pride and Prejudice and Emma and, and stuff. So it's well worth checking out. It's about a young girl, a 17-year-old, Catherine, um, who's brought up to, to Bath, to high society, to be introduced um, by a friend and family. And it's just basically all the, the, the marriage politics and inheritance rights, the usual that Jane Austen talks about. But they do end up in Northanger Abbey and the atmosphere is just so creepy. It's really well worth picking up and getting getting into. So as I said, it's often overlooked. Halloween, the book for you folks. Northanger Abbey by Jane Austen, written in 1798 or 99, they think. But it wasn't published until after her death in 1817. Mm. But as you say, one that could be overlooked, but a brilliant work uh, by Jane Austen. So there you are, you have the full set there. She's seasonal, she's on the money, she's a book of the month. Yes, our Margaret, you can't beat her, that's for (laughs) sure. Anyway, thank you as usual. You're a real star, we love you. I love you too, baby. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Margaret Madden there with wonderful recommendations this month in our book club. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Still to come. Tara Walker. I'm in the cookery school. I'm delighted. It's seasonal soups again today coming shortly. But before all that, we have a break and we're going back to the goldfish. We're heading to lovely Kilcurry just outside Dundalk. And Jacinta Grant is on the line. Hello, Jacinta. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. And I just, you gave us such an uplift today and smile (laughs) with your goldfish story. And we said, she got to share it. She's got to share today. (laughs) Tell us your story. Uh, My mum had a goldfish. She had it for a good few years. And uh, it was always my dad's job to to change the water. And on one occasion, he let the fish go down the sinkhole. And he ran so fast out to the yard, he caught the fish before it went down the drain. (gasps) Oh! Saved by the bell. Oh my God. Yeah, well done, Dad. You got him before he went he into oblivion. Did, yeah. And he was he was none the worse for it. He was okay back into the bowl. And, yeah. Yeah, back into the bowl. And then on another occasion, we all, all the family had to go to a wedding in Eng- England. And uh, my brother, except for my brother, and he was asked to call into the house to feed the dog and give him water and all the rest. But uh, anyway, some of us got home before my mum and lo and behold, the fishbowl was on the floor. Oh. Minus the fish. Oh. <laughs> The water. Uh, yeah, so you obviously hadn't been giving him enough to drink. So and, the uh, dog yeah. consumed the water from the fish bowl, fishy yeah. and all. And the fish was missing, yeah. 
Oh my, oh my God almighty. I'd say I'd say the brother got a near wigging, did he? No, no. So one some one one of the family members went down straight away and bought another goldfish, put it in the bowl. <laughs> And my mother didn't know for years. <laughs> 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 I love it. So yeah. she never knew a wit that the dog had consumed the fish, no? No, absolutely not, no. Isn't that just something and else? I'm just Lately, my granddaughter, she bought two wee goldfish with her confirmation money. Mm. But um, she called them what, Dory and uh, Nemo and Dory. Yes. But, uh, Nemo died very quickly because <sighs> oh. Nemo must be eating all the food. And then I think it was within a week, Dory died also. So she's it, not going to go get any goldfish again. I it's think. hard to keep them. Yeah. We're saying that, you know, they are not easy. Now, some people, as you heard earlier, have a great way with them and understand how to keep them. But for the majority of people, they're a devil to keep long term yeah. and that and look yeah. after. And we always had them over different ones over the years. Yeah. We had them for a good while, you know, many yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I know this. I knew this today. I said to Louise, I bet you this is going to ring a bell out there. And by God, has it rung a big bell with people. That's for sure. There's, You know, so many people have had the fish over the years. And some, as I said, they live a while with others. Well, it can be really short term. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was the story. To, some great it stories does, yeah. there. The plug hole, the dog, the replacement. You have it all, Jacinta, when it comes to the fish. Anyway, lovely to talk to you today. Thanks Thank for telling you your story. Take care of yourself. Bye, Jacinta. Bye. That's Jacinta Grant in the lovely Kilcurry just outside the dog. Wonderful stories. Oh, yes, we're getting... We have more and more of them coming to us all of the time. Keep them coming if you have a goldfish story. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Louise, I think the riddle has them goose. Do you think... Do you think I'm in trouble with... goosed. One more time, the riddle for the Clinton's crisp three months supply. Just one more time, listen carefully. Can you solve this riddle for the crisp prize? There are two brothers in a family. The older one says, Two years ago, I was three times as old as my brother. And in three years' time, I'll be twice as old as him. How old is each brother? What age is each brother? Two brothers in a family. Older one says, two years ago I was three times as old as my brother and in three years' time I'll be twice as old as him. How old is each brother, please? 086-1800-658. Tara's on the way with the soup, but before all that, it's Lady Gaga. Yes, we're back at East Coast Cookery School with Tara Walker and it's seasonal soups all the way on late lunch at this time of year. So appropriate. Different type of soup we're going to talk about today. Yes, Jerry. So this is a really nice soup maybe for someone who's trying to have a meat-free meal. It's lots of protein in it and it's great for vegetarians as well. I actually used to do it on my vibrant vegetarian class. So it's a carrot, red lentil and harissa soup. I'm actually cooking it in the pressure cooker today, purely just to speed us up a little bit. So obviously most lentils and pulses take quite a while to cook. A pressure cooker basically um, reduces your cooking time by half. So it'll only take 15 minutes for the the red lentils to cook in this today, whereas normally it would take about half an hour. don't have to use a pressure cooker when I used to do it in the class I always just did it on the hob um, and just have it prepared ahead of time you know but it's just a really handy way for anyone who's wants to increase kind of the amount of pulses they're eating in their diet it's a much quicker way to cook I have to say it's years since I've heard pressure cooker it was the in thing it was a fad at one stage it's great to hear that you're using it here still. Would this be part of your general going about things? I've probably said it to you before, but I had so much equipment here in the kitchen for years that I was kind of, I didn't really go in for various gadgets and things. But actually, I have found just as a home cook, it's very, very handy because you can throw lots of different bits into it and it really speeds up the cooking time. So even the likes of a beef stew, which normally you'd have on low and slow for two and a half, three, four hours. It'll be very tender, but the flavour won't be quite as rich, maybe, as if you do it the old-fashioned way, but it's a great one for during the week. So what have you done here? Again, you have oil in there? Yeah, so we're just starting with a little bit of rapeseed oil, and as always, I'm going to just sweat off my onions first. I have some carrots going in a little while, but because the onions want to get a nice kind of golden caramelisation on them, I'm going to get those on now with a pinch of salt. And actually, it's worth mentioning, the pressure cooker has a separate setting for sautéing things, which is very handy. So I have it on saute now to just sweat everything off 
I actually love the aroma from the rapeseed. It's lovely. It's very nice. And I love rapeseed oil because it's a local product. It's supposed to be more healthy for you. But mainly for me as a chef, it's because it has a really good high burning point and you don't get filled up with smoke and kind of little charred bits. So you leave that pressure cooker open there. The lid is off, by the way, at the moment as uh, those onions sweat down. Exactly, because at the moment I just have it on saute mode. So it's no different to cooking in a normal pot on your hob right now. Tara's opened the window and I have to say with the fresh air wafting in, folks, you know it yourself. Is there anything like onions and the smell of onions frying with the fresh air? It's such a great way. You know, it really is something that kind of whets the appetite for dinner. I think whether you're doing a gravy, whether you're doing a soup, whether you're doing, I don't know, a sauce, a bolognese, anything curry. When you start at the onions like that, it just kind of gives that lovely smell of home cooking. I'm adding my carrots in now. And I'm going to give them a moment or two to soften. Oh, they're lovely, the colour of the carrot. And again, as I told you before, during this series, Tara has them cut. It's magnificent. Your shapes are spot on. <laughs> That's the cordon bleu training where you were literally docked marks if your vegetables all weren't an even size, which is not something I ever aspire to anymore, but I probably is just ingrained in me. <laughs> it certainly is. They're just picture perfect there, I have to say. And now I'm going to add some garlic in. So this is kind of a Middle Eastern inspired recipe. So a little bit of garlic going in and we're going to finish it off with some harissa in a little while. And we'll just cook out that garlic now for a moment or two. Lovely combination there, the onion, the carrot and the garlic. And listen to it. Oh, listen to it. Isn't that just the sound of joy? And Jerry, you know, when I was talking to you about what I'd cooked today, I was kind of in two minds between doing carrot, orange and ginger soup, which I absolutely love. Um, and this one but I actually thought this one has a bit more body to it it's a bit more filling and it could be like a tea time dish as well if you've had a big lunch you know okay so we leave that to work away there these little red fellas in the jar the lentils now yes so I always have red split lentils in stock because they're very I say in stock in my cupboard (laughs) because they're very very handy they're a great way to throw a bit of bulk into things and they do cook a little bit faster than other lentils Um, So as I said, 15 minutes here in the pressure cooker will do them. Or, you know, in a normal pot on your hob, they take about 25 to 30 minutes. So I'm just sprinkling a good big handful of the red split lentils into the carrots there and the onion and the garlic. They'll get a moment or so there. And the stock is standing by as well to go in. So you're going to actually fire that stock in now straight away. Exactly. So I've just kind of coated the lentils in a little bit of that flavour from the caramelising of the onions and the garlic and the carrot and now I'm just covering with my vegetable stock here I'm adding a little bit more than just covering for the pressure cooker because I just want to give the lentils a bit more water than say the rest of the vegetables would have and then once we have that stock in we're just going to turn it on for 15 minutes on high pressure and it should be done then you ask what's happening Have I burned the place down? No, it's the steam from the pressure cooker. Yes, we're just releasing the steam from the pressure cooker um, so that we can open it because you can't obviously open it when all the pressure's still in there. So we let that just do its little bit of work there before we open up and continue with the carrot, red lentil and harissa soup. All of the steam is gone. It's safe to open the pressure cooker. Yes, it won't let you open it unless um, the steam's gone. So once you just let go, just... There we go. I'm just going to double check now that the lentils are in fact soft because we don't want those hard, obviously, um, but they should be fine. Yeah, I can see just from the look of them, they're totally soft, so that's fine. And I'm going to blitz up now, Jerry. And I need a pinch of salt in there, but it's actually lovely. They're a great flavour from those carrots. But there is a final twist going into that blended soup there. Exactly. So this is kind of inspired by um, Morocco and North Africa and the Middle East as well. Those lovely flavours with the harissa. Harissa is obviously um, Tunisian. And then we have a bit of lime juice going in and then the feta. And all of those little finishing touches, like the soup on its own, quite tasty. It's a nice kind of winter warmer, but this is what just elevates those flavours. And I said um, the first episode of the series, garnishing up the soup is what turns it from a nice, fine enough soup to something that's really special. This is my favourite part of this seasonal soup series. When this happens, when the business end, we're at here now and out comes this lovely, as I said, it's just beautiful. Look at that colour that the red of the lentils and the real deep orange of the carrots have given that. It's just simply beautiful, so it's beautiful. 
I just think, you know, you really eat with your eyes. And when you see something like this coming, you just think it's going to be hearty. You just assume it's going to be that lovely hearty flavour. So to finish up and garnish this up really nicely, I'm popping a little bit of harissa paste, which just comes in a tube. And we have loads of different Asian supermarkets in um, Drogheda these days, so you can get it very readily available. And I've just popped, squeezed about, say a teaspoon, half a teaspoon amount in, and I'm loosening it down with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Give that a mix around, and then we have a little harissa oil. And I have some feta cheese, which I've just cubed here going in. Then I am just spreading my harissa around, my little harissa oil. Don't go too crazy with it. It is, you know, it is quite spicy, but this is what elevates this beautiful soup into something really special. Well, this is a first for me, I have to say. The feta and the harissa. I would have obviously tasted the base soup on many occasions in the past. And again, your little garnish with the fresh parsley. Yes, a little bit of fresh parsley. Essential, I think, personally for this soup. Or you know what else is lovely? A bit of coriander. If you have a coriander plant there in the house, it's a really nice little finish on it too. Don't worry, I have the spoon here on standby. Oh, yes, let's do the photography first. This is very important. Tara Walker, the photographer, works on magic with the camera, never mind, in the kitchen. Yeah, that looks lovely. It really does. It looks beautiful. Colour of the soup, the green of the parsley, the harissa oil on top. And you can just see the cheese, the feta cheese, just peeping through, just showing itself there in the soup. So let's have a little taste of this. I'm dying to taste it. So I should take a little harissa along with the cheese. The whole lot, Tara. I need the, the full... The whole lot. Let me hold the bowl under your, under your chin there for you. <laughs> in case I drop it. I'll slobber, as they said. I'll slobber. And I have no bib on. Here we go. Oh, what can I say? Such a burst of flavour with this. The combination of the harissa, the spice, mindless say of the cheese and the base of the soup. It's outstanding. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? And the cheese, I mean, I love feta cheese, generally speaking, but even I think people who wouldn't be mad about feta cheese like that in there because it just gives a little tang of sharpness. Oh, I'm having another one. Hold on. Hold that there. I'm, I'm getting wobbly at this stage. <laughs> oh, my word. That is sensational. I'm really glad you like it, Jerry. I wasn't sure about this one because I know you're not hugely into spice and it is a little bit spicy but with the harissa, but I'm glad to hear you like it. It's spot on. The combination is brilliant. So just remind us again, this soup is? This is red lentil, carrot and harissa soup. And this genuinely came about as a result of a day when I couldn't be bothered going out shopping and I just wanted to come up with a nice soup one day to warm me up. <laughs> Normally the best things do happen like this. Anyway, thank you again for inviting us to East Coast Cookery School. Check it out, eastcoastcookeryschool.ie. Lots of courses going on, loads of information there and packed with recipes. But try this one, folks. It's magnificent. Tara, brilliant, brilliant. Great to see you as always, Jerry. That Nigel McKenna Louise, oh, he's now a name dropper, isn't he? Isn't he a name dropper, is, the yeah. Nigel McKenna fella? He in knows New all York. the good people. Oh, he definitely rubs shoulders with the great and good. Did, he was listening earlier. Hello, Nigel. Lovely that you're with us again today. Uh, and I was talking to Margaret in the context of the book review about uh, Downton Abbey. Did you see the picture he sent in? Yeah. Who he was with driven. yesterday? Hugh Bonneville he was only with yesterday. Oh, you're Just lucky. casually, like. Just casually, just, you know. Here, Jerry, look who I was with yesterday. Good on you, Nigel. Hope you're keeping well and everybody over there and send our good wishes to you across the Atlantic. Sad to hear as well that Chapters Bookshop is gone, Louise. Yeah, it's been in Dublin. Years. Oh, I remember going into it many a time to buy books. It's really sad. And it's so important, folks, to support our local bookshops. We must support local. Oh, we won't be left with a blinking shop or nowhere to go and get a book. It really is so important. I've always been an advocate of that and that really brings it home even more. Support your local bookshop. It is vital to keep them alive and well. Back to the fish, Louise. Yeah, you've some explaining to do. Have I? Mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> Tell me. Sean Fitzpatrick told oh, us Sean. all about you. What did he say? He said, when I was eight or nine... Eight or nine, I bought two goldfish home from England and had them for about five or six years. Came home one day and they were gone. So I asked my mum, where, where are they? And she told me she had given them to you. <laughs> Something fishy going on there, Jerry. 
Well, no, that poor Sean Fitzpatrick. Oh, Sean, I'm sorry. Did you know that, Jerry? Oh, I didn't. All these years later, but I do have a vague recollection of two fish arriving. See, Sean's mum was Maisie, the lovely Maisie Fitzpatrick, and she was a great friend of my mum's. They used to visit each other. You know, they'd have the teas in their houses, and they were very, very good friends. Ah. Uh, Good God Almighty, God, you bring me back now, Sean. I'm sorry for you taking your fish. I owe fish. you two fish, Sean. <laughs> I do. I even owe you two fish at this stage. God bless us. The things that come up when you talk about this and that on the show. It really is amazing. Do you know today is a big birthday day? Many friends of ours, do you know Loads. this? Have birthdays today. David Sheehan, happy birthday, David. He'll be bringing us the sporting preview a little in a little while on the show. Kate Markey, hello, Kate. Former LMFM colleague Another here. Another lady. Adrian Hillman of St Margaret's Celtic Supporters Club. Happy birthday, Hilly. Oh, he's in good mood now. The Celts are closing in on the Jairs, that's for sure. And Pat Coldrick. Happy birthday, Pat. One of our great friends on the show. Isn't it amazing that they all have their birthdays on the 29th this very day? Anyway, this weekend, don't forget to join Claire and Smitherini because the decision is going to be made. You know, Irish music, it's at the source of every gathering in Irish life and it's taken a hammer in the last 18 months. And we're supporting Irish artists. We have all through October and we'll continue to do. Yes, it's been Irish Music Month supported by the BAI Sound and Vision Fund, XL Retail and Hot Press Magazine. And you can check out all about it on the LMFM website. And don't forget to join Eddie on the green scene. Saturday, 10 to 1, plays lots of Irish music there. Anyway, good luck to Lunar Effect, Andy Dempsey, Kelly McArdle, In Between Honey and Amy Chute on Sunday evening because the decision will be announced who from those five will go forward to represent LMFM Radio in the National Decider of Irish Music Month. And they're all great. They're all deserving. Somebody is going to be selected. So today, on Late Lunch, for all the birthday people, let's play a lovely one called Chasing Trouble from Amy Chute. She's 20 from Dundalk. What a passion she has for music and performing. And she's thrilled to release her very own song. Here it is, Chasing Trouble, Amy Chute. Chasing trouble I've still to cross the line Might be in danger But danger's what I like I think I'm digging Digging my own grave But I ain't got no Got no time to waste Cause you are the one who left me in the dark And you are the one who just sets me apart But baby, put the blame on me Thank you, Liam. He says the magic has started. Jerry, the salmon are crossing the weirs. Indeed they are with the rain of recent days and the rivers in flood. Isn't nature wonderful? Anne was on to say clocks are changing. Yes, they're going back this weekend and and people should take more care in the evenings when it's dark. Or reflector jackets, be seen on the roads and be safe, especially children going on and off school buses. Thank you indeed for that, Anne. There are two brothers in a family. The older one says, two years ago, I was three times as old as my brother and in three years' time, I'll be twice as old as him. How old is each brother? Not three and six, three and five, two and six, sixteen and a nine, five and eleven, five and ten and so on. The older brother is seventeen, the younger one is seven. That's the answer. Seventeen and seven. Many people got it right too. But the three-month supply of Clinton's crisps today is going to Mia Carroll. She's age 12. I'm sure you'll enjoy the Mia. They're yours today. Well done on getting the right answer. Now my artists of the week are the undertones. In May of 83, during a tour of Europe, lead singer Fergal Sharkey announced he was leaving the band due to irreconcilable differences between himself and the other band members. They did finish the tour and other commitments, but they played the final gig in Punchestown on July 17th, 83. Sharkey went on a successful solo career and the Neil Brothers, John and Damien, formed Petrol Emotion, who released a number of albums and singles. They reformed in 1999, but without Sharky, Paul McLoon became the lead singer. They've continued to perform on and off since, re-released original material and recorded some new stuff. The undertones made their mark for a time. 
and their music certainly resonates today with people from the era of punk and new wave. But today, I'm going back to 1981 with this one from The Undertones. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what, Fergal? I have changed my mind. And if it's good enough for John Peel, it's cool with me. I've never played two songs, the same songs for my Artist of the Week, but just had it today with the undertones. Weren't they brilliant and love the music and all about them all week. Hope you did too. Now, Goldfish, we've been talking about them right through the afternoon of the show. And Sonia Ledwidge told us top of the show that she had two fish, 18 years of age. But the final word today simply has to go to Nora Cusson in Carna Ross. Hello, Nora. Hi, Jerry. Tell them the age of your fish. 32. Years old. Nora. Yeah. Go away. One of the many bit. Where yeah. did you where did you get him? I haven't a clue. I bought him as a small goldfish. I bought a tank in a second hand shop in Bailiver, a big fifty gallon tank. Yeah. And the fish is in it since. And did he come with the tank? No, no, no. No. So you bought no, the tank didn't. you bought the tank first? Yes. And then you had to get your fish? Yes. And 32 years ago, you, you just can't remember, you bought him somewhere anyway as a little fella. I bought him in some place in a pet shop, I probably. I don't yes. remember now. 32? And how many of them have you? This one is 32? Yeah. I, the others is about 20 years. Right. The uh, other two. <laughs> 20? And I have a black lad in the bottom that cleans the tank. Yeah. He's about five or six year old. He's a different type of fish. Yeah, yeah. And he does the cleaning up for you. He does the cleaning yeah. Nora, you are officially the record holder for the longest living goldfish in the Northeast at this time at 32 years of age. What's the secret to keeping a fish all those years? You don't feed them too much. Hmm. You know, you don't give them a big feed. You yes. feed them maybe night and um, every night. Yeah. And But you can skip nights. Okay. You don't give them too much food. That, and, and again, I go back, that's actually what Sonia said as well. It's the overfeeding generally kills them when people yeah. get them, you know, and, and don't yeah. know much about them. So you yeah. have it just right. And do you feel you have a relationship with that fish? No, no. <laughs> I see. No, I don't. He's still there, but no, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. No. And he does, does he get excited or anything? Do you change the water often? I change about the half of it every couple of months. Yeah, you see it's that. It's a cold water tank. Yeah, you see, you know, that's what I see as well. You don't dump it all out, and neither did Sonia no. either. It's interesting. No. Yeah, so there's, there's the knack of the water changing and the feeding as well. Does he get excited when you go to change or when you go to feed him? No. He, when you go to feed them, yeah, he'll jump up at the top. Yeah. Yeah. And is it a boy? I'm calling him him. Do you see? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it. Is it a boy or a girl? I don't know, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever it is, have you a name on the fish? No, no. No name, just the goldfish. No name on them. Ah, oh, there you go. So yeah. one of 32 and the other two in their 20s? Yes. Nora, you're heading for the Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, <laughs> I think you are. Listen, you're great. Thank you for sharing your story about your goldfish with us today. Okay, thanks, Jerry. Nice to talk to you. Have a nice weekend. Nora Custin, 32. No one can beat that, I'm sure. Well, you never know when you throw it out there. You'll see what happens. But 32, fantastic. Anyway, final break of the day. We're looking ahead to soccer this weekend with David Sheehan. Friday afternoon and the focus is on soccer today. Looking ahead to the weekend sport. And we begin this evening with the League of Ireland. And a big, big game, David, for Dundalk. You'd never thought we'd be talking about Dundalk in the context of avoiding the relegation playoff this season. 
Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, really, how things have gone for them. Um, like, they've, they've not been in great form of late. They've only got three wins in their last ten, knocked out of the FAI Cup last weekend, of course, which was their one last chance of silverware. So all the focus is back on the, the league again and in terms of trying to keep themselves out of that relegation playoff. Uh, at home to Waterford, Cherry, and, like, you know, we talk about some kind of English managers coming into the league sometimes and they don't really maybe give it the, the credit it deserves or take it that seriously. And Kevin Sheedy and Mike Newell were in at Waterford at the beginning of the season, had an awful time of it and then left uh, midway through. But Mark Bertram has come in and really and truly has turned Waterford around in sensational style. Um, unlucky to lose to Bohemians in the Cup semi-final last weekend, but then went and beat Bohemians on Monday in the league. Um, they've, they've won six of their last ten games. They've only lost two in that spell. Like They're in really good form. Going to be a really difficult game for for Dundalk. Waterford are, are the, like the form team in the division, really, and it's it's it'd be a sad state of affairs, really, if almost if Waterford went down. Albeit we don't want Dundalk to go down either. So, going to be a really tough one for Dundalk. We say they just have three wins in their last ten, albeit they've won five in a row at home. So their home form has been good. They've got Daniel Cleary back in suspension, uh, but it's going to be a really tough game for them, Jerry. Um, would I see them getting all three points? I don't know. I think a draw might be might be a, a result that they take from that game. They need to get wins on the board quickly, but um, Waterford are going to be a really, really tough proposition tonight, and it, it could go either way. It's a really hard one to call. Now, Drogheda, on the other hand, on the back of a very good win against Derry last week, they head to the northwest now twice. They go to Sligo this evening. They're in Finn Harps on Monday. This is incredible. They have Dundalk next Thursday and Bohemians on the Sunday. Four games in ten days for a part-time outfit against mostly professional sides. Well, bar Harps. What's going on? Well, I suppose what's going on with the Finn Harps game on Monday is that that was originally meant to be played a few weeks ago on a Friday evening and they had two international call-ups in Killian Phillips and David Otomosu, so that game was put back. There was talk that it would have been played last weekend, when, which was a cup which was a cup weekend, as I mentioned, in that, the Dundalk game. Dundalk were in action in the cup semi-final. Um, Finn Harps weren't playing in the cup, nor were Drogheda. Uh, that was an option, but apparently that, that option was, was uh, shot down by possibly by Finn Harps. I'm not sure who made the final call on that one. But Monday night, as you said, so trip to Sligo tonight, trip to um, Harps on Monday, and then two games uh, next week as well, later in the week. So come and take and fast uh, for Drogheda. And, you know, we talk, Jerry, every week about, you know, keeping them out of the bottom two, or as, as we did with Dundalk there. But, like, if Drogheda win tonight against Sligo, who are currently in third place, that moves Drogheda within, within a point of Sligo. So, you know, I know I was chatting to Kevin Doherty last week. Kevin was a bit frustrated with this talk of like must-win games and relegation, and he's like, "We're looking up the table. Like we're looking, we're looking at trying to push on for Europe." So, I know that the club are a little bit frustrated with it, with maybe us talking about relegation. But it's just so tight at the bottom of that table; it's really hard to say who's going to go. But just to look at tonight's game, I mean, Drogheda—they won four of their last ten. Sligo are in a really bad run of form, Jerry. They haven't won in their last five, and they were two 0 up against Finn Harps last weekend, playing against ten men for eighty-six minutes, and they managed to throw that away and, and came away with a two-all draw from that one. So Sligo aren't in good form at all. It's a ground that Drogheda went down to earlier in the season, uh, first game back after the mid-season break, and they won. So you know that won't hold any fears for Drogheda, and I could see them getting a result from that one tonight. Maybe not necessarily the win, but they they could easily come away with all three points. But I think again, you know, the way the way the table is at the moment, they certainly take a point. But as I mentioned, you know, a win tonight puts them winning a point of Sligo, and Drogheda will be definitely pushing on and trying to get into Europe. They won't be looking below them at all. It's an amazing league if you take out the top side and the bottom, all the rest and Melodian together. Let's go cross water now in the Premier League. Uh, the big game this week has to be at the new Tottenham Stadium. Spurs taking on Manchester United and really Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, he's going to have to win this game. Yeah, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, it could be Jerry if they don't <laughs> win this one. I think, you know, it's amazing really. Like we see during the week, he's got three games to save his job. You know as well as I do, once that sort of talk starts, there's no way out of it. Like, say he wins the next three matches, that'll stave off the, the talk of getting the sack for a little while. But then as soon as they go on another bad run, it'll come back again. And, you know, Manchester United fans, I know our own Adrian Taft is one, and they're almost frustrated by the fact that he, he seems to be on the brink of getting the sack on a regular basis. And then he pulls himself back from the brink with a couple of good wins. But I think that loss to Liverpool last week is a real watershed moment. It's, it's arguably the worst result in United's history. Uh, against their great rivals from Liverpool, so I think it's it's really a matter of time before Solskjaer goes. And I, you know, if if I was a Manchester United executive, I'd be I'd be pulling the plug on that one pretty quickly and getting somebody else in. There's talk of Antonio Conte coming in. Uh, he's the kind of big name that's available at the moment. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But I think you know Tottenham aren't having a great time, but either under uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, so uh, they could do with the, the win as well. But I, I think you know every every bad result United are going to have from here on out puts more pressure on Solskjaer and. 
you know, it's hard to see them getting the win there, but, you know, they need to bounce back, they need to show something, but in terms of Solskjaer's future, I think it's it's only a matter of time, surely, before he gets the sack. Now, the other game to talk about in the Premier League, there's a mix and gather of face-offs this weekend. We'll, we'll mention Arsenal. We haven't given them a mention. Both you and I follow them as well. They're at Leicester. They've improved, certainly, since the start of the season. But Leicester are getting better as well. I'm still not convinced by Arteta or Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, they've had a, they've had a good run of results recently and they had a good win against Leeds in the, the Carabao Cup during the week. Um, I, I, I'm a bit like yourself, Jerry. We've had so many false dawns over the years as Arsenal supporters. Every time you think they've they've got a good side together or they've sorted out particular problems, be it with their goalkeeper or with their defence, uh, they they do something to <laughs> to undermine your confidence again. But you know, if they could beat Leicester at the weekend, like that would move them potentially move them into the top four, depending on how other result, other results go. So I think you know they're showing a little bit of a resurgence in form recently under Arteta. But as you say. You know the, the old flaws. I think are still there. I think they're a little bit soft um, underneath it all. And when things are going well, they they tend to go well themselves. But when things go against them, they just don't really seem to have that that fight in them. And that game against Leicester at the weekend is going to be a really tricky one for them because we saw what Leicester did to Manchester United a few weeks ago. They're really strong at the King Power Stadium. Brendan Rodgers has them has them going well. So uh, going to be a tough one for Arsenal. I, I think I'd probably go along with your your sentiments in terms of not really having a whole lot of faith and not necessarily in Arteta, but in the in the side as a whole. So. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for them. I can't. I'm not sure I could see them getting the win at Leicester, but um, if they could come away from it with a draw, maybe I feel like I'm going for a lot of draws this weekend. But I think if they could come away from that one with with a point, it wouldn't be a bad result for them. But as I say, if they win it, moves them on to 17 points, potentially move them into the top four, depending on how the results go. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a tricky one for them. But as you say, no, no necessarily standout matches aside from the United Spurs one this weekend that you could you could really pin your hat on like we did last week with Liverpool United. So. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes and hopefully I'll get a few more points on my fantasy Premier League team. I was going to pick you up on that, all right. You've sat in the fence a lot. But anyway, it's probably to do with the day that's in it. Happy birthday. Oh, thanks very much, Sherry. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if you mentioned that. I was hoping to, to slip that under the radar. Um, <laughs> thanks indeed, David. Uh, and enjoy. And of course, we'll talk to you again, please God, this day next week. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, sport uh, big time this weekend, especially soccer. Thanks to all our guests during the week, to you, our listeners who join us every day, and our Louise. Brian Farley is standing by with the drive. Wonderful music on the way. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. See you Monday. Have a nice weekend. One thirty. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drada and Talking Cabin. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada and Talking Cabin. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.